Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports, from college football to NASCAR. We've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime! Bro, what's up, bro? I'm back in my native state of California, and apparently we say bro every third word now. Hey, bro, like everybody. And so I just said bro as many times as I could. Uh, it's Raj coming to you guys live on a special uh, Monday night, I think. I'm not sure when we're airing this. Oops. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're here to discuss what was a, a massive college football weekend for most. Uh absolutely massively depressing for me but also you know look forward to uh to what's coming up and it's rivalry weekend and we have our michigan panel of experts as really there's no greater story in in the football world and i even read an article in the new yorker about the university of michigan and of course there's that little game coming up against that other team uh south i think that wears scarlet and gray so yeah, that whole we're both undefeated, number two and number three in the country, possibly the national championship game. Yeah, that whole thing. But anyways, I'm going to introduce our guest first, ladies first. She's our special guest. This is her second time on, and we thank her and her 40,000 followers and clicks and intelligence. It just makes us look worse than we already are. Michelle, how are you? I am great. How are you? Good to see you. You as well. Just uh, living the dream. I'm sure you're doing the same. How's the weather where you live? I know where, but I won't say it. Uh, a little chilly today. Not as warm as it's been. But so nice. Warm. We got a 72 degrees here, but it's windy and the wind is really, really chafing me, if you will. <laughs> uh, I was just kidding. Uh, next, let's go to the next Michigan guy. He's our producer extraordinaire. Um, He's excited. He wears Honolulu blue, and they pulled out another one. Tom Sloan. Yes, they did. Oh, what a game. Dude, Unfortunately, every- it's the first game we didn't go to. We, uh, we gave the tickets to her sister-in-law and her nephew. It was his very first Lions game. So uh, what, a, what a way to introduce him to, the, to uh, Ford Field than a uh, huge – fourth quarter comeback so that was awesome but definitely looking forward to Saturday I know uh, Michelle can probably agree with me it's been stressful (laughs) and it's probably only going to get worse but that is uh, the game week in a nutshell yeah this one uh, more stressful than usual I'm sure you felt great about your decision giving away those tickets until the last three minutes and then you were like wow yeah. Gives a shit if the kids first. I'm just yeah, kidding. I'm I'm glad I was not there. I'll just say that there's too uh, many Bears fans. Yeah, there was a lot more than one would think, but uh, it's good to see reality reality settling back in for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we will go to our resident Ohio State Buckeye, whatever the hell a Buckeye is, some kind of nut, mm-hmm. hairless and nut. So is he? Ew. 
<laughs> man in chain, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. You excited? Because this is what the first time in what six years or five years that Ohio State is not favored in the big game. I think it's five, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm always excited for this game. This is the best game of the year, in my opinion. The only game that matters. Screw the college football playoffs. Um, this is it for me. So uh, we've lost, obviously, two in a row. Um, pretty badly, might I add. Pretty badly. Pretty badly. But, you know, we were on an 11-year streak prior to that. So um, listen. What have you done for me lately? But go the ahead. Big Ten is better when Michigan and Ohio State are good and they have this robbery. So I'm all for it. I love it when they're both good. Because you never know what you're going to see, what you're going to get. You don't want to go to a game and watch, you know, a beat down one side or the other. So I love it. I'm all for Says it. Says you. I'm sure Tom and Michelle are all about it. Seriously, I quit. I quit going to to the home games because it was like it's not like why would I even go and want like I would go to the Penn State game instead, you know, the year before or something. Just. I want to see a good game. I don't want to go spend all that money and hang out and just watch a beat I, down. So. I Trust me, bro. As you guys know I'm out in my native Southern California. It's just me without the family. I'm seeing my mom, and I had the chance to come in early and go to USC, UCLA, and something told me don't do it, and I'm really fucking glad I did because I just have no words, and I think we're going to talk about it. So thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> USC Brown, the basketball game, and it was exponentially more entertaining. But no, I'm as a, you know, I could finally say, fuck the Pac-12, we're out. I don't hope we don't even go in a bowl game. And as a Big Ten member, I can't wait for the biggest game of the year. Um, finally, as someone else who is really excited that it's basketball season, <laughs> uh, a fellow college football, uh, college basketball lover, fuck football right now. Uh, Robert Davis Esquire. How are you, sir? Hey, I am doing well. The Vols had a huge basketball win today in the Maui Invitational. Now sets up a game against Purdue tomorrow, 8 p.m., so I'm looking forward to it. And to my Big Ten people, so everyone else now, welcome to your one week in the spotlight. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> oh, boy. Dude, Leave those SEC guys. It's so rare, actually, like me thinking that, you know, we are Tennessee-based for the most part, except for Tom, who does everything. But, you know, we're just surrounded by SEC folk. And to see Rob is just like a blatant minority, which is just <laughs> odd in more ways than one, as we all know, uh, is beautiful. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's about to go down. So as a Big Ten member, shut up. But anyways, <laughs> um, without further ado, I know that, you know, we were going to talk about before we get into all the good stuff. Uh, Tom, you want to take this? The first topic you have is USC gets beat by UCLA. What did you mean yeah. by that, Tom? Well, you you can ask Robbie that because Robbie set the agenda. So go ahead, Robbie. Uh, you take it. Yeah. So, I mean, this was one of those kind of wow games to me. It, it was uh chip kelly talking about getting fired and uh caleb williams could get some heisman potential first round draft pick and just like wow at the coliseum caleb williams last game maybe uh 
So Raj, let me just start with you. Uh, one, what does this say about kind of where Lincoln Riley sits, and what 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 is the vibe on USC as they head into the Big Ten? Well, first, I'm going to caution you to stop reading Bill Plaschke. He's a dildo because I know <laughs> that's the first thing you read. And Plaschke was all over Riley. He's a LA Times sports writer who's on what uh, around the horn. He's a douche. But, um, yeah, you know, it was – they had three turnovers in the first quarter, which I'd never seen uh, – well, actually in a long time. You know, last year they were, I think, top five in the country in turnover margin, like plus 21. And it really just masked other things going on. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You need, like Colorado this year, you can get skilled players uh, in one year with the transfer portal. You can get, um, you know, a star quarterback – you can't get depth and you can't get depth across the most important plays, which are the, in the trenches and USC had done very well recruiting wise, but I just think they got exposed finally. And it's odd because Caleb would kind of set up in the pocket and that was by intention uh, earlier in the year, but he's just really best, you know, when he's improvising on the run and, you know, it, it sort of looked like that was his choice, but it turns out the offensive line is so awful that, uh, he was just running for his life, and he does make better plays uh, when he's improvising. But it just all caught up to them. And I have never seen that type of apathy, let alone against UCLA. Um, there was no juice in that stadium, no juice with that team. I'm not ready to blame Lincoln Riley. It's all relative with Clay Helton before that. But, you know, his loyalty to Alex Grinch, I've said it before and I'll say it again, was his demise. And that 335 bullshit gimmick defense yeah eight and ten and eight with you know five losses this year and one loss the bowl game where half the team was dead and the other lost to utah when caleb got hurt in the first quarter on a 50-yard scramble so we can qualify it all you want the bottom line is they're in a better place i have the utmost faith and confidence in him it was just his loyalty in that three three five um it, it's a gimmick defense and i know they were trying to cover up holes but they wasted a generational talent, and it's upsetting. I just could not believe how little they cared. And, you know, UCLA is top five in the country in rushing defense, and I think SC had four rushing yards. So oh, uh, game over. It was pathetic, though. Yeah. All right, Michelle, I'm going to go to you. You've got two Southern Cal schools. Uh, you, We talked about this pre-show. Uh, you, Raj, and myself, we all live in Southern Cal. We know what college football is like there. Um, these are two kind of programs that are limping in. They're two empty stadiums, just lethargic fan bases. What do you think about what does this Big Ten entrance look like for them? Is there fanfare or is this is this more Iowa and Nebraska just coming to the Midwest? Well, like the inverse, I think, of Iowa, certainly, and that Iowa plays defense. <laughs> <laughs> And USC really hasn't. Um, also, I think Big Ten schools are traditionally a little bit more robust along the lines of scrimmage. And it just doesn't look like USC is bringing that to the table either. Um, I have less concern about SC and UCLA than I do the other two or coming to Big Ten. I think Washington and Oregon are a much bigger threat 
Um, I think Michigan plays SC early next year. It's at week one of the Big Ten season. I yeah, I think so. Is it? Oh, they play Texas at a conference, right? Yeah. Do yeah. They no, that? the big week one of uh, conference play. Okay. It's is USC. It USC. Is it at the big house? Yep. Should yep. know that. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel great. <laughs> great. A different, <laughs> a different Um, I think that Michigan, who's just historically been a lot stronger defensively, you know, they lack the offensive explosiveness. I think that some of the newcomers to USC possess, certainly Zachariah Branch is pretty scary if he is appropriately supported, but um, maybe it's too soon to say this, but knock on wood, I'm, I'm not real scared of USC and I'm even less scared probably of UCLA. I mean, the fact there was, I think, a little bit of signal to that Chip Kelly firing rumor um, yeah, he pulled it off against a rival and they denied everything, but um, that's not a particularly stable program either. Um, and I haven't seen enough there to really scare me. Yeah. So, uh, and this is some coach speak. Tom, real quick, yes or no, does, does this save Chip Kelly's job? And then the second part of this, does USC have some buyer's remorse with bringing in Lincoln Riley? Well, the first part, I'll say uh, their major donor, their number one donor at UCLA came out and said that uh, they didn't feel like going a different route coaching, leading them into the Big Ten season made any sense. So I think it saved his job between that win and, you know, money talks. So when your lead donor is saying, you know, maybe we don't need to make a coaching change right now. uh, So I think he's safe. And I, I, I don't know necessarily if USC has buyer's remorse. I think there's a lot of disappointment, but I, I, you got to give them at least two more years. The the money they invested in him, between his contract, between buying his houses in Oklahoma, getting him a house in in LA, it's just you don't do all that and then cut ties after two seasons. So um, it just looks bad. But if if they do what the rumor has them doing bringing in Jim Leonard as their defensive coordinator. I think that's going to be a massive upgrade, especially going into the big 10 where he can recruit Midwest kids since he's a Midwest guy himself. So I think that would be a huge get for UCLA uh, USC definitely going into the big 10 conference. You can't deny his ability to develop talent Four Heisman trophy winning quarterbacks underneath his thumb. I mean, they, he is a hell of a coach, but again, defensively his loyalty to that idiot if they got jim leonard i'd be doing backflips yeah remember the whole lincoln riley thing came together in a day he was our our dream school you know like when you're playing at colleges so he's safe as can be and yeah they did invest a lot of money in him but um you know i I for one don't put it on him um real quick i know football sells everything tickets and money but you're, you're getting a lot more with usc and ucla um, and Oregon in terms of national brands, um, universally national championships. It's Stanford one, UCLA two, USC three. And this is across all sports. Some benefit from warm weather, but, um, you, you know, the pedigree speaks for itself. So they're bringing a lot of credibility. Um, everyone but Oregon is academically oriented. Uh, Oregon's full of dummies. But 
No, I think it's a great fit. And yeah, it is more than football, but it's, you know, we had a few recruits say that I want to go to SC because they're going to be playing in the big 10 and on, you know, those big games. And we're going to need a lot of those Midwestern boys. There's no, no doubt about that. Brandon rank. So of Washington, Oregon, Southern Cal, UCLA, who do you put the one that strike? How do you rank them as the most fearful as it comes to the Michigan Ohio State duopoly that the Big Ten has right now or over the next five years? I mean, let's say over the next five years. It's, yeah, just walk, walk it over the next five years. I would say Oregon, USC, Washington, UCLA over the next five as it as it transitions. What was it next year? Um, then I would say Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA. But over the next five years, they're going to get it right. They're going to change the defense. That's their that's their biggest downfall. Their offensive coordinator is great. Um, offensive line is not so good. They they had some big holes exposed with um, UCLA. And you know what? How much of this is like season's kind of over. Uh, some of the guys aren't getting up for the game type deal as well. So effort is a question in that. And then, uh, you know, a couple of errant turnovers there changes the whole um, layout of the game. So I think Lincoln Riley is fine in his position there at USC. They're going to be fine. They're going to recruit. Uh, and, and they're going to be a, a big competitor in, in the Big Ten. Um, as, as the Big Ten announced, are they doing the pod system? Are they doing East-West still? Have they announced yet? Divisions are done. Okay, so they're going to do some some kind of pod system or like matchups. I think so. Rivals, yeah. So cause I was going to say, because USC schedule will get easier if they're in the West Division, but the divisions are done. And it sounds yeah, like they're playing Michigan done. week one, so it's going to get harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But – you know they've they've got to mix it up a little bit because it's it's heavy right now on one side and it, it, it's so hard to watch uh, like a Penn State or an Iowa every year get to the Big Ten championship. It's yeah. like it's it's disgusting. So um, Iowa I'm, I'm happy scores to have fifteen them. points and wins. This uh, past no. week. I'm happy to have them. So it's it's going to be better for the Big Ten as a whole for sure. All right, Tom, I'll pass off topic two to you. Well, it's rivalry week, as we all know. Um, uh, and the the lineup isn't the greatest, we'll say, outside of uh, the game. But you have Washington State. You have Washington, Oregon State, Oregon. Uh, Michelle, uh, of these rivalry matchups, which one do you see as being actually – competitive and has the, the maybe the higher risk of an upset. I, I include Florida Florida State in there now, too, because with Travis done for the year, I think that kind of levels the playing field a little bit. Uh, the one I see most likely to produce an upset is maybe the Oregon-Oregon game, only because I think Oregon State is the best of the challengers to that group. Uh, I just don't see Washington State derailing Washington. I think it's unlikely. Although weird things happen in the Iron Bowl, and this one is a Jordan Hare, I know. 
Um, I just think this Alabama team is rolling. They're peaking at the right time. Um, Oregon State's still a really solid team, though. And the weather was weird against that game. Mm -hmm. Washington, it was tight, came down to the wire. Um, I think Oregon is playing better than Washington, but that game was close, too. And I think last year we saw Oregon State upset Oregon, ruin its season. I wouldn't be shocked to see it again. I actually rewatched that game this summer, like a real weirdo. And uh, <laughs> with DJ you, uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Uh, no, I've I always it. say DJ. I, <laughs> I've watched it. I've watched it uh, many times. But uh, uh, with him, he's he's kind of he's hot or cold. I don't think there's like a middle ground with him. Uh, Last week, he, he showed flashes, but then when they needed him to make a play there in the fourth, he just kind of faltered. Maybe weather was was a was a factor in, in there. Um, Brandon, I guess the talk of the Pac-12 lately has been Arizona with Jed Fish, a former offensive coordinator at the University of Michigan. Uh, seems to have turned around that program. Uh, this game going up against Arizona State could be a trap game. It's at... Uh, Arizona State, they're coming off now four straight wins. Um, what do you see uh, playing out in this game? Can can the, they keep rolling and and really kind of exert themselves at, uh, toward the top of the Pac-12? I, I think they can. Um, I know it's at Arizona State, but the last, like you said, the last four games, what they've done, what they've accomplished, man, this this team is on fire right now. And you know, we'll get to this later on the bet you're nuts, but um, I don't see Arizona State uh, coming close to upsetting them this, this game. Robbie, um, you're the SEC guy. Michelle mentioned Alabama, Auburn. Auburn coming off just a brutal loss to New Mexico State where they actually paid – them $1.8 million to yeah. play. Um, is that the type of loss that can completely wipe out confidence if there was any going into this game? Or or are they able to just kind of like, you know, throw it off, write it off, and then be prepared for Alabama? I think this is a season going two different directions. Um, I think that it's kind of Auburn. They won three straight conference games albeit to less remembered teams, just laid the egg at uh, well, at home against New Mexico State, paid them $1.8 million to come play this game. Uh, this is this is the this is what everyone criticized the SEC for is this week about oh no one play you don't play it's just essentially a bye week before the rivalry week. And uh, Auburn just just laid an egg. Um, I think this is just uh, even though it is, yeah, at Jordan Harris, Michelle said, always a tough place to play. Um, I think students that were on the fence are probably heading home for Thanksgiving. The biggest SEC game to me is FSU at Florida at night. No, no starting quarterback. I think this is the one the college football fans in general want because no one wants Florida State in the playoff with that resume. We, we want them out and let's get the four best teams in there. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll talk about the college football playoffs here. Um, 
Raj had to step away. So we'll kind of jump, jump ahead here and uh, talk about expectations. Um, the past three rankings have been pretty much expected with one change last week, Georgia and Ohio state flipping. Um, this week, uh, I, I don't see many changes coming into play with the exception of, like you mentioned, Robbie, Florida State. And, Michelle, I'll start with you. Um, that injury was gruesome. If, if anyone saw it, uh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, normally, I, I, can't, I can't see watch stuff like that. And it was one of those, like, oh, well, didn't mean to watch it, but there it was. Um, but you, you hate for that kid. You know, he was a 60-year uh, college player, uh, having a great season, leading – leading Florida state to a potential uh, college football birth is, is an injury like that. Is that something even let's say they even run the table, but could an injury to your, your star player, could the committee actually look at that and and keep them out of the uh, CFP? The committee has claimed that they do not, that they are not forward looking. Um, I know there have been calls for them to exclude Florida State from the playoff because Florida State has looked weak and struggled at times, even with Jordan Travis. And I think nobody wants to see a blowout in the playoff. Um, But I personally think if they run the table, especially with Jordan Travis out, they deserve a spot. Um, I watched... I think is Rodemaker. Um, he yeah. looked okay. Um, you know, they came back from a 13-point deficit without Jordan Travis um, to control of the game. There's enough talent around that team as well. I mean, there are other – the defense has been fairly solid. The receivers are good. They've got a strong run game. There are other aspects. I mean, I know that Jordan Travis was the centerpiece, but – I think they deserve to be there if they go undefeated. You just cannot credibly exclude a power five conference champion from the playoff unless at this point, they're not going to be though, right? We don't have an undefeated big 12 champion. That's just not something that's going to be presented. So um, at best, we're looking at an undefeated PAC 12 champion, an undefeated big 10 champion, undefeated SEC champion, maybe. And then if they are an undefeated ACC champion, I think they should be in. Robbie, uh, I think I think the ACC really is is the one to really watch. Um, yeah, well, Louisville's well, been Louisville's been a, one one heck of a story. Go ahead. Well, yeah. So um, it's interesting though, and Michelle, uh, like because they said the committee in the past has said they won't look back at they won't penalize you for injuries retrospectively but they haven't i don't know if there's been a a discussion yet where they've said hey proactively your best player is out for the season are we still putting you in that i I could be wrong i just can't remember precedent for it with ohio state in the first ever college football playoff ranking right the ohio state was on his third string quarterback who 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 was who was else was in that mix do you guys remember Ohio State was controversial because I don't even think they were a conference champion, were they? No, we yeah, we lost the conference championship that year. Yeah. Or no, 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 no. no, no. no. We won. beat we beat Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. like fifty two. Yes, yes, it did. 
Tech, you had a bad loss. Oh, that was that was the Baylor TC. We lost to Virginia like, Tech the second week in the, the season that it was year. Baylor and we, somebody. Then we uh, beat co-champions. Yeah. We beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship, yeah. fifty-three to nothing. And that's that right. Was like, that's what Wisconsin that's what put us into the yeah the college playoff. Yeah, so that'd be the closest analogy what we right. have right now with Florida State. But it was also a Big Ten champion, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah, it, it changes things. If, the conference champion holds weight, right? If AC or if Florida State is the ACC champion, and the question is, do they have to win by that margin? Right? Does it have to be a blowout? I don't think so. Like, I, I don't know. think you should punish them. Like, if they if they go, you know, and they win their conference championship with a backup, again, we're all judging. We're we're. It's just like putting uh, Michigan under the thumb before evidence came out like we're judging before this Tate Rodemaker backup guy has anything to prove. Yeah. Like he was 13 for 23, 217 yards and two TDs came back, won the game. I mean, is he Jordan Travis? Probably not, but can he be special in a short amount of time? Maybe. I mean, I, I can't wait to hear y'all. He's got a fair chance. Change about who loses this weekend. They're going to be <laughs> hey. like, get Florida State out of here. They suck. <laughs> no, uh, my opinion won't change. I've already went I through this conversation mind. in my head I'm like curious. 27 times. So. I love the game. Uh, so, you know, Louisville had a had a tough go with Miami. Miami gave them everything they had. Um they're the interesting team here. So if they run the table, Brandon, if they if they end up with the ACC uh, championship, do you see anywhere where they're sitting right now them moving up enough to get into the CFP? Louisville? No. Yeah. No. Well, that was one. I, no. I asked that because I believe it was Joel Klatt no. uh, on his show last week said that that was the one team that, uh, nobody's really talking about um, that for uh, good reason. You can't well lose hit. exactly, and and I that was the that yeah. was the yeah. Like, uh, I mean, come on, the, what the everyone was saying. Well, if you don't yeah. lose the pit, I mean, if we're talking about uh, an undefeated Louisville team, I think they're closer to um, you know eight, maybe seven at that point. But yeah, but if if they win the ACC, right? They're against a you know, contrary to what I just advocated for, right? Florida State with a backup quarterback. So then you can flip that whole script and have a, an argument on the other side, right? So then Louisville absolutely should not get in because they lost to Pitt. And then you're going to have you're going to have this whole SEC fiasco going on between Alabama and Texas. I mean, uh, Alabama and uh, Georgia. Georgia. And then Texas is another one yep. up there. If they win, I mean, what do you do with them? And then what if, okay, say that uh, Michigan beats Ohio State and then loses to Penn State and then Iowa, big or Iowa in the uh, Big Ten Championship. Then you got a whole nother. Yeah. There's so many, you know, reckless speculations that we can go down. Just off the top of my head, who deserves in over Louisville? One lost Michigan, one lost Ohio State, one lost Georgia, Oregon. one lost Washington, one lost Oregon, one lost Alabama, I, I, one lost. I Texas. just think it's a it's a it's a tall mountain to climb. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great story, and I think 
moving forward, I think that's a program that you have to take serious um, because their new coach's name escapes me. Um, Brom. Yeah, yeah. Brom, who was the coach at Purdue. Yeah. Who turned yeah. Purdue around. I mean, we, right. Michelle and I, and I know well about Purdue. They gave Michigan everything they could handle in that first half of the Big Oh, Ten I know well about game. Purdue. Eh? Um, but I, I think this is a program that is definitely on the up and up and up. And um, I'll bring Raj back in here. Um, real quick, we'll go around the table. Uh, give me your top four, what you think will happen tomorrow. Oh, is that when the rankings come out? Because I'm boycotting football. But, um, <laughs> yes. no, I, I don't think there'll be any changes from last week. I mean, well, the AP, I mean, the AP had already had Washington in. Well, actually, the AP came out today, didn't they? So they obviously took into account the injury to Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. Now, at least the playoff can use that as a as pseudo-rationalization. That, hey, this is on paper a better team. We're not talking about an injury here. Um, I think – when Washington won last night or Saturday night in Corvallis, which I said is just fucking pure voodoo, they showed me a lot. And they were able to stop the run, which is the knock on them. Um, that is a tough place to win. And this is a different Washington team. They're not the one that got in a few years ago and got their ass kicked. Um, I, would def- I would have it the same as the AP. Uh, one, Georgia, two and three, I don't care. We'll flop them all you want. Same teams. We'll find out this Saturday and then Washington. And then I would have Oregon. And that's regardless of Jordan Travis's injury. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. Well, I think this is where you start. This is where you start playing a little politics. I got Georgia one. I got OSU two. Michigan three. Because if Michigan loses, you bump them out far enough to keep the hardball drama out of the playoff. Mm -hmm. Then I've got – I think this is the week they move Washington above FSU. They've got justification for it, mm-hmm. and they want FSU out also. Brandon. Well, sorry. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm struggling between Washington and Oregon a little bit on the yeah. number four spot. I think right now Oregon is a better team. Um, their offense is dynamic. Dan Lanning, what he's done there, it, it's just – Impressive. Um, Washington struggled a little bit last week early, and, uh, you know, they, they came back, obviously won the game. But – and I they guess – They beat Oregon. Th- they did beat Oregon at home. Early, earlier in the season at home. Yep. And if you, if you go by the eye test at, at this point, it's the same thing like the Alabama-Texas talk, right? Alabama is clearly, eye test, a better team than Texas right now. You know, but they did lose the game. So there's some merit to that. And I'm sure the committee, being political, has got to take everything into consideration, and that's what's going to happen. I don't see Oregon moving ahead. I think Washington stays at the four spot. Obviously, Florida State has to fall. Um, They can say they're not looking ahead due to injury all they want. But they're human, and this is a TV show, and a lot of money's on it, um, and people want want to see their team in. And I, I, I think Florida State falls to five. What were you going to say, Raj? I was just going to ask everyone, do you guys think that improvement over the season, within reason, uh, should be considered? For example, yeah. Alabama with a yeah. brand-new quarterback, half the guys got drafted. I mean, Jalen Monroe 
has turned into an absolutely different player, and that is a team that right now I think somewhere belongs in that top four or five. Even though I hate they, they them, might uh, be the best team in the country. No, they could, they, be. They could I be. hate them and they sneak in. And the last time they snuck in, I thought it was bullshit. But this is what it's about to me. They came together. This kid led them. He got benched, and all the guys were huddled around him as their leader, even though Buckner was a starter. Um, and, and now he's playing, what do you have, six touchdowns the other day? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've improved a ton over the year. And, you know, it, the same with, you know, Georgia and Ohio State, for that matter. And I have theories about that, those teams, just like Alabama, that their defenses just have to carry them, keep them in games enough until guys like McCord and Milrow and Beck can figure it out. And those are the teams that are getting better. And I hate to say this, but I don't see Michigan getting any better. How could they with everything they've been through? Yeah. But should that be considered? I, I think I, so. Yeah, I, I absolutely think it should. I mean, that's the epitome of college football, right? Especially when you're in the top rankings and you lose half your team to the NFL or half of your starters, let's say. Uh, absolutely. Chemistry is a big deal. And, you know, we've seen this in Colorado. You can't just throw a bunch of transfers and recruits out there that are five stars and been big players and then make magic and chemistry happen because it just doesn't. Michelle, but, who's your top four? All right. Well, I have a counterpoint to that argument, which is that Oregon took basically its entire defense through the transfer portal, and they made it work. Their defense looks pretty pretty good right now. So I think it's – Touche. If you can <laughs> portal and create culture and stability, notwithstanding the new faces, you can do okay. But Colorado just did it wrong, in my view. It helps when you average 50. Yeah, I agree. But as a general consensus, when you lose draft picks, it's a, it's about formulating that chemistry, right? And, and getting strong, better. I'm sorry? Having a strong leader, right? That's Oh, yeah, absolutely. Alabama, that's what Ohio State, as much as I hate yeah. to admit it. Um, they had a pre-existing culture already for those guys to slot into, to grow from. And I think that's the difference that we see with Colorado. The yeah. other thing with Oregon though, is to consider, I agree with you, but they plugged holes brilliantly. You know, guys like Jordan strategically, yes. and, and very Lots strategically. And not only that, even though he's kind of a douche, Dan Lanning is a brilliant defensive mind and he <laughs> got the guys he wants and needs. And I agree with you, but I do think there's a bit of an asterisk by what Oregon did. Um, they, they tried the same thing a year ago, and, and they got better at it. But, no, I understand your point. Um, there, there, does, there are some other factors, as we all know. I'm not saying you're saying that's a blanket statement, but it can be done. You're absolutely right. Yeah. My top four, though, to answer the original question, I think, like everyone said, I would slot Oregon in over Florida State. I think you can do that credibly just based on the fact that Oregon – or. Washington had a top 10 win on the road. It's pretty impressive, especially in those conditions. Florida State had a little bit of a struggle early on. I don't think you have to take the injury into account at all to justify Washington hopping Florida State. So you you got Georgia one, then two. who's two and three? Ohio State two. I think they earned the right to stay at two, notwithstanding the fact that Michigan had a better win against Minnesota than Ohio State did on the road in Minneapolis. 
Not that I'm counting. Um, we're splitting hairs. Benchmark program, <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> Golden Gophers. Hey, hey, Michelle is preparing but, to one day be a committee member, and she's going to be out there in front talking she's already to overqualified. explaining these things. Because I watch the games, and that's yeah, yeah. yeah. You obviously have a brain, and that's two things that disqualify you from being a committee member. Oh. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a monkey wrench in this whole thing. The name of this show is Reckless Speculation, and I am a firm believer that the committee does not like Michigan, and that performance, largely three out of the four quarters that um, graciously I had to listen, which is probably worse than watching Michigan's play-by-play guys are are like terrible. I I. I digress. They're not very good. But anyways, I was driving, so I had to listen to that game. Um, horrible. Outside of that defense, what they did in the first half, which was amazing, uh, a scoop and score, block punt. I mean, they put the offense in position to take that game and run with it, and they didn't. I think that's going to cost them. So I think we're going to go Georgia, Ohio State. I think Washington's win on the road, like you said, Michelle, in a, uh, a ruckus environment in that weather, number 11, uh, Oregon State, I, I, I think they leapfrog Michigan. I think Washington's in at three, and I think Michigan goes to four. And, I, and I'm still holding on to my theory that even though the, the committee says we're not holding Michigan accountable for the Harbaugh situation, I firmly believe they are. And I but, agree with you, Robbie. I agree that they're, they're putting them far back on that list. So – if they were to lose, there's no talk of them joining or uh, getting into this into the CFP. That would I was be, about. To, go ahead, Michelle. I just got to say that would be insane because Michigan struggling was Michigan leading the entire game after they, other than that early field goal by Maryland, they led the entire yep. game. Their defense looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Versus Washington, who we have seen struggle time and time again. They were in a tight game with freaking Stanford. Like, to penalize Michigan for one slip-up when Michigan has been absolutely dominant throughout. Sorry, I'm getting so worked up by this. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. No, it's, it's what it's all about. But, like, Washington has looked iffy. They've had to rely on their defense multiple times this season. Yeah, they had a good win, but also Michigan had a great win the week before against Penn State, and I think was not adequately rewarded for that. So well, they well, should have lost to this, Arizona this State. Where, it was fifteen to seven, there. and they needed a pick six to yes. beat Arizona State at home. So, yeah. And another thing, by the way, Michelle is absolutely right about. I just looked it up real quick about Oregon, and this is why this show is different than others because we do this because we're dorks. But Oregon's transfer portal. Number one leading tackler, Evan Williams, transfer Fresno State. Number two, Tysheem Johnson, transfer Old Miss. Best DB, arguably, Kyrie Jackson, transfer Alabama. And then we all know their sack leader. He's actually not. Brandon Dorless was there. But Jordan Birch uh, has been a difference maker, transfer from South Carolina. Those are four plug-and-play starters that were taken from the portal that have just obviously changed that defense. So, But this is where it gets tricky because the powers that be, you looked at the headlines today as I was getting ready for the show, 
It says Michigan escapes Maryland, not Michigan dominating the whole game. It's it's and, timing. You know, close game, and so like they're 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 plotting. Like I just I, think they don't want yeah, Michigan. Right, in this right. Game. I'm like I'm I can put my blue and on hat on and say yeah. that people are out <laughs> Michigan. Yeah. Oh yeah. I heard yeah. that. I heard that phrase. Uh, I was watching on, Sam yeah. Webb on the Michigan Insider podcast and. Uh, they he had been oh. called a, a, a oh. blue anon. A I, blue think anon I, started, I, I, I think I, if you look up the history on Twitter, I was the first to say <laughs> blue anon. Oh, take credit oh. for it. We could have a we could have a six hour show about how ESPN hates Tennessee more than anyone else uh, ever. Not oh, now. We, uh, we, go, we go way back with ESPN hating us. It's it's interesting with game day coming to Ann Arbor. Uh, they're already plotting on Twitter to not show up, although that I know that won't happen. But they better oh. be on high alert. The signage is going to be um, ugly for ESPN. I don't believe Pete Thamel will show up. I'm surprised they're going there, actually. I heard Pete's not going. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Pat McAfee gets a pretty bad response because he was one of the loudest ones chirping that Michigan shouldn't be allowed in the, in the college football playoffs. So um, it's going to get ugly. In Ann Arbor, uh, when when they I'm, come to I'm town, I'm shocked they're going there. Do you guys want to yeah. talk about the game, or do we want to get into legality of what's going on right now in Michigan? Should we go to the game first? Let's well, you can to, lead in. Is there yeah. any more legality to discuss? Yeah, I think it's it's done. It, it's, it's pretty much done. done. I yeah. just wanted to address that. Well, let me ask you this, Michelle. Harbaugh accepted the Big Ten suspension, more or less. It's been posed that he gave up. Number one, is that the case? And number two, does the NCAA still have potentially something more to say about this? For sure, the NCAA still has something to say about this. They've not even issued a notice of allegations to Michigan, which would give Michigan 90 days to respond. We all know that that process is going to take months, if not years. Um, It's not giving up. I don't think, although I, I think that I had speculated before the Partridge news came out about him destroying evidence that the reason Michigan appeared to capitulate in this discussion, because I think we had talked last week about Michigan reaching a settlement. Um, first of all, if you're not a practicing lawyer, you don't realize that basically every civil action settles and every civil settlement agreement has a provision in there where everybody says this is not an admission of guilt or wrongdoing. Everybody knows this, except for the Twitter universe who are not lawyers oh. who think that Jim Harbaugh admitted guilt. Yeah. Check his um, you, DNA. You that's with what the Twitter verse is like. Get his sperm you, and DNA and find okay. out right now because that's what's but like. He didn't admit guilt. He didn't do that. And I'm sure you, you dealt with that on when on your post, Michelle. You know, it, it seemed cold. like a I had to Buckeye go Nation. So bad. Yeah. To echo what Michelle says, so I'm a plaintiff's attorney, and every release, every order of compromise and dismissal, dismissal we say has there's no admission of guilt, there's no admission of liability. This is just a compromise for the best of both parties. I, and even if we get an admission, it's under the seal of extra consideration for confidentiality like never i've i've been doing this for 10 years 
uh, I've never had an admission of liability in a in a in, in, and so Jim Harbaugh, well, not Jim Harbaugh. The University of Michigan were the plaintiffs in this case. Jim Harbaugh was an agent of the University of Michigan um, as a as a person that was an aggrieved party. So yeah, this is not odd at all for this kind of settlement to be reached. The other thing I think, Robbie, you would know, and all the attorneys on the call would know, is that um, they said Michigan withdrew. They didn't settle. And one thing I had to explain to people is that first you settle and then you withdraw. Yes. <laughs> the condition of the settlement. Because if you withdraw first, that you then you settle can't settle. Yes. Yes. And then you withdraw. And also that Michigan was the plaintiff in the litigation. They initiated the litigation against the Big Ten for breach of contract. And people just absolutely lost their goddamn minds when I said <laughs> that Michigan agreed to dismiss the lawsuit against the Big Ten. Um, mm, yeah. Everybody wanted to believe Michigan admitted guilt. I had people coming at me who were like, who worked in criminal court. They were like, oh, no, I've seen a ton of plea deals. Like, they definitely had to admit guilt. <laughs> yeah. So even people if they, actually if, even said if, that, even, like, even if the, if, even if the plaintiff, even if the plaintiff settled for twenty million dollars, it would still be an order order of compromise and dismissal. Yeah. And in the and that's what the judge signs off on. It's, it's stay a, out a of the weeds here. I want you guys to get your opinion on this. The Big right. Ten afterwards. I don't know if they were placating or patronizing. I'm not sure, but they basically said that. Today's decision by the University of Michigan puts it on them to withdraw its legal challenge against the conference's November 10th notice of disciplinary action is indicative of the high standards and values that the conference and the university seek to uphold. That's what the Big Ten said in a, said in a statement. Another political move. Why is this even necessary? Chain, so, let's go with you. Let's okay. like what what the fuck is this about? Like. Why do they even bother? Just so like the Big Ten is trying to save face here, and where they got beat in Michigan, let them off, in my opinion. Um, Michigan chose to to just take the spotlight out and deal with what this is and call it a day instead of dragging this out through court. Um, their irreparable harm conversation was a big deal. I think that could have made a lot of headway, and. There's a lot of people talking about that, you know, after we especially talked about it on this show, um, having you two lawyers, I had no idea what that was. I had to look it up afterwards, but you know, <laughs> uh, it's all good. Um, I do now. And just, yeah, just so, talk. yeah, so uh, uh, to me, it looks like Michigan settled and kind of let the Big Ten off and, instead of pursuing this and dragging this out and being just an ugly shit show. Um, and a bad Big Ten spectacle. Like I said on our emergency broadcast, you know, Fox has something to say in this behind the scenes with their contracts and uh, TV contracts. They do not want this to go sour and spoil anything relative to the Big Ten, especially with big markets coming in like USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon. Like we want to keep the Big Ten clean. And, you know, this is a prided and respectable conference and blah, 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 blah. So yes, um, this was settled quickly in my opinion, due to what could potentially happen and how ugly it could have gotten. 
and getting to that, Michelle and Tom, Bruce Feldman stated on Big Noon, Fox, whatever they call it, that a source told him that he would not be surprised if uh, something came down next year, uh, sort of intimating that a lengthy suspension for, for Harbaugh. Um, I'm going to ask number one to Michelle, how realistic is that? And sort of what, how does that play with what the Big Ten has done for everybody out there? And then number two, Tom, hypothetically, if that happened, what's next for Harbaugh? But starting with Michelle, how realistic so I could think, it be that Harbaugh gets suspended? From everything I've read, I think that Big Ten at least has said they are not going to, they're going to conclude their investigation in Michigan, which is great news for the players. They can focus on the game. But then also I think they intimated that unless there's knowledge of this running to the top, they're done penalizing Michigan. And they've also said they have no evidence of it running to the top. Even the Partridge thing was based on destruction of evidence, not knowledge of the scheme, which is good. Can you hit on that real quick? Because that's sure. where yeah, there's smoke, there's fire. Another guy got canned or reprimanded right before a game. Like, this is so weird. Yeah, no, that was huge. I mean, like that's like not been discussed with regard to the Maryland game, but I think it's a pretty material fact that the, they fired their linebackers Who's who's an unbelievable recruiter? The day before a game. Yes, yep. like incredibly material, right? That is huge. And as I understand it, the reason Partridge was let go was because he tried to interfere with the investigation by destroying evidence, not because he had prior knowledge of Stallions fast network or Stallions efforts scouting which is an important distinction it's an important distinction because if he had knowledge i think that's more detrimental to michigan and michigan's future than if he interfered with the investigation it's different so in terms of next year and the ncaa's punishment i've said this before i'll say it again i think there's a real possibility that the ncaa has to revisit the in-person scouting rule altogether due to the fact, A, that the NCAA has said this doesn't really confer a material advantage when it's looked at the rule previously, that it almost repealed the rule. It's an antiquated rule. The fact that everyone's doing it, I think there is a lot more information that Michigan in particular has that will come out about the in-person scouting efforts of other teams, not just in the Big Ten, but elsewhere. Um, to the extent it doesn't seem like in-person scouting really even confers any advantage at all, I think they're going to have a hard time laying the hammer down on Michigan, especially because, oh, also the in-person scouting thing may prompt an antitrust challenge. Dun, 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 dun. Can you hit that in one sentence? Because this is a ridiculously complicated, well, it could be, but... For those out there that have no idea what you're talking about, how could this amount to an antitrust challenge? So there's a University of Michigan law professor who has said the in-person scouting rule is anti-competitive in a way that violates antitrust law. By the way, the Supreme Court has it out for the NCAA. They've indicated this um, in their Yay. <laughs> unanimous opinion on NAL and then Kavanaugh's concurrence. Kavanaugh wants to take down the NCAA. If he gets this, I think he'll do it uh, on the right procedural posture. So the NCAA has to be careful. Uh, fucking fascist. That's why. Oh, sorry. sorry. 
not the Supreme Court, the NCAA. The NCAA has to be incredibly careful with how it proceeds against Michigan because there are larger dynamics at play that make it very risky to frankly even continue to have this rule in the books and then to enforce it to the detriment of student athletes. And and just one little one only little here, folks. Only here. One little footnote to that. So generally you only see a 9-0 Supreme Court decision in something that's so absurd. To have a 9-0 decision in something as complicated as NCAA, like they realize like how effed up the system is. And to, to say to your point, I think I think like, that's why the NCAA NCAA hasn't made a move towards anything right, right now. Yeah. They're they're treading on thin ice with zero power and they know it yeah at this point so i'm coming back to you rob sorry chan i didn't mean to interrupt but no you're good but tom you know just hypothetically he gets suspended you know i know jim harbaugh was uh, a quarterback for a certain team for from 19 what 87 to 93 uh longest tenure of his career was with the chicago bears mm-hmm. could harbaugh end up in chicago and is there anybody else wink wink that maybe uh may be interested is a possibility of Harbaugh to them. Well, I think if this when, all when you look at, you look at the scenario here, Chicago might have the, the first two picks in the uh, draft next year. So that is something to look at. But what I'm hearing is that um, the Raiders are extremely interested and he's extremely interested in the Raiders. Now, when you stop and look at it, Who's got part ownership with the Raiders? Tom Brady. Who's a former legend with the Raiders? Former? Charles Woodson. Shut your mouth. Forever legend. Charles Woodson. Well, I'm saying former player legend. Uh, Charles Woodson. Where did Tom Brady and Charles Woodson go to school? The University of Michigan. So I think there's a lot of dynamics. (laughs) That's still the greatest interception I've probably ever seen. (laughs) So there's a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of dynamics in, at play. I think two years ago, uh, the thought of Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL, there wasn't 32 teams that would even take a risk at him. This year, I think you have the Bears, you have the Raiders, you have the Carolina Panthers, and you have the Los Angeles Chargers. So I think there's four legitimate teams that could throw an offer out at Michigan. And now you look at the situation to where, all right, Let's say, hypothetically, the NCAA drops down a punishment on, on Harbaugh for Cheeseburger Gate. And now they get some sort of a punishment for uh, what happened with Matt Weiss with the FBI investigation. Uh, do they come down on him as the head of the snake, per se? He should have been had, he should have had a, a stronger hold of his, of his uh, organization. Who knows? And now this latest situation. So... Are we looking at uh, another season of half of the games missed Harbaugh? Uh, now, does he want to go through that? And does the university want to go through that? That's going to be the thing to talk about what's going to kind of lead into this. And if Michigan wins uh, the, 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 the national championship, I, I think all questions are out the window. I think he absolutely is gone. But um, it's all going to come out whether or not He's going to miss multiple games. And, and the quote I heard was, 
a, a significant portion of next season he could miss. And, and that was the interview that you re- referred to, um, Raj. So um, I, I can speak for myself. I can speak for uh, JP, who was on the show last week. Um, it's kind of old, old hat, old news. We're kind of talking about the same thing over and over again with Harbaugh. I just want to talk football. Right. And, and the reality is we really haven't done that outside of, of this year. So it'll be, it'll be interesting because I think there's four teams that will make a big push for Harbaugh. So, so Tom, let me ask you this. If the premise is he leaves Michigan, are you sure he goes to the NFL? Yes. Yeah. Because, because, because I could be I, done I, with the NCAA and their bullshit. Well, no, no, no. I could see a scenario where don't say Texas. No, no, no. A and M. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, Michigan or nothing. In Michigan college. or nothing. Right. Well, because the suspensions are going to follow him if he stays in college. Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't see that Never. making any yeah. sense. He's, well, he's going to well, go to the CFL? Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying if, if they can't uh, link him to Michigan, let's just say he just says, hey, I'm I'm just – this. The, there's a lot of smoke here. I'm not sure – like, look, there's not 15 quarterbacks that are capable of playing professional football to win the NFL. So, if you're – I'm not sure he likes to lose. And so – would you say, hey, this Michigan stuff's a lot of fire? Like maybe I get a, a, a restart somewhere else. Uh-uh. And do the, I, I just don't well, know. If I'm not sure if it's NFL or bust for him, is what I think. Well, here's another thing. He loves JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy might be his his favorite quarterback he's ever worked with. And if you put him with the Raiders, there's a realistic opportunity that he could draft him in the first round. But maybe no, Andrew Luck round. was pretty good. And I'm going to have to be a Raiders yeah. fan. It's going to be awful. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I think way, it I makes hope you guys like my Los Angeles Raiders t-shirt. Yeah. I think it makes sense for him to go to the Raiders, and it and pains yes, me to heart. say that um, because I'd love to see him here in, in Michigan. But I, I, as as things get going, keep going, I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, we'll All right, see. real quick, yes or no, Jim Harbaugh is the coach for Michigan in 2025, not next year, the year after. Michelle. Hell yeah. <laughs> I should have gone to her last. That's a walk-off. Rob. Yes. Tom. I don't think so. I don't Jane. So. Yes. I don't think he's going anywhere. Does anyone after think we- he's gone next year? Because I do. I think he's I think they could win it all, and I think he is sick of their bullshit. He loves a challenge, and I think, like I was going to ask Rob, Bruce Pearl got busted because he lied to the NCAA. I think if anyone believes that Harbaugh or Partridge or anybody else didn't know about this, then they're fooling themselves. That's my opinion. But it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. And Harbaugh is too smart to get busted knowing that. I, I will but say I think this. he's just sick of this bullshit where he should go to a real capitalistic free market, do whatever the fuck you want system like the NFL. I think I think the Michigan move this Michigan legal move wasn't a threat to the Big Ten. I think it was a warning shot to the NCAA that we will move forward if y'all want to play, we know where the court lies. 
the NCAA has little wieners and not to be misogynistic, but they like to take a shot at the biggest dog and it goes all the way back. Yes. It's personal for me, Reggie Bush and USC. They hit them with a lack of institutional control, which is so stupid. And like I said, Harbaugh's been suspended twice in one year for two different things that have but not I do been think, concluded and that have not been concluded um, yep. and still no resolution because that's the NCAA. They're basically like the United Nations. They haven't even set up shop. I could just see Harbaugh being totally sick of it all. Um, But he would not want to let down his kids. Um, And that's my opinion. But I wanted to move on here to the actual game itself. Um, Yeah, last week Michigan didn't look good. But my contention is they're the only team ever that not only was looking behind at all that bullshit in Penn State and Sharon Sharon Moore having, you know, the emotions come to a head and looking forward to Ohio state. So it was kind of a no win situation, which they won. Um, I'm not going to judge them on one game, but Michelle, what is the Michigan? Are you concerned about the mindset of this program going into the biggest game of the year? I am not supremely confident, but I am not deeply concerned. So Looking like a true I'm old enough to remember last year when Michigan had a little bit of a stumble against Illinois heading into the Ohio State game. And by the way, that was a lot closer game than this one, right? We needed a Moody. At home. At home. The injury. That's right. Um, There were, Corum went out. um, So I am... There are just so many factors, and I am, like, superstitious as hell. I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to be overconfident. That's just not how I am or who. You are. You're just afraid to say it. Uh, But I will say that there are just a lot of factors that are aligning here to help me feel better about Michigan. You know, it is at the big house, which is a huge advantage in a game like this, especially with a first-year starter like Kyle McCord, who's looked a little bit shaky in other environments. But in terms of the mindset of the team, we'll get to kind of the analytics of the game later, but in terms of the mindset of the team, I do think that having Harbaugh there during the week for practices, to be able to coach them, inspire them, lead them, you know, be the figure that they need him to be for all but two hours on Saturday is huge. And they honestly, they love Sharon Moore too. So I am, like I said, not overly confident, but not overly concerned. We can't underestimate a coach's impact during the game, but there is this weird backward sense of massive inspiration and motivation that all these guys are alluding towards. Well, I know he'll be hardball be right there when we get off the bus to give us a hug and you know, win one for the Gipper type thing. And that, that's huge for them right now. I mean, Sharon Moore, you know, we were talking about Caleb Williams and I kind of wanted to bring this up in, in a, a, again, in something we had discussed, which is outdated. But, you know, when Sharon Moore had his tears, he was just so overcome with emotion. And to me, that says so much about that program, about Jim Harbaugh, what he means to them, about that moment. I mean, no one knows what it's like to become a head coach in a day and take over the biggest game of the year. Um, so in a weird way, I mean, it, you know, I do have to think about that and his effect on the program before I start putting him on the Raiders because he is Michigan football and, and whatever he does, yep. it's brilliant. And 
the relationships he has with players and coaches is is rare. And I'm going to be a homer here, but Pete Carroll is probably the last guy I've seen like this other than maybe Saban, but Saban's God, so it's kind of different. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I mean, it, it is very inspiring. That being said, you know, I, I think there were some articles about, you know, in-game mistakes that have been made by Sharon Moore, by every coach. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. And and I wanted to get to you guys. And, and let me start with Tom here then. What advantages? I'm going to go to chain, but it's two against one. So, And Robbie will be against chain because that's how they are. So uh, I got your back chain. But what advantages does Michigan have Saturday? And no well, voodoo, one, no karma. Don't be afraid no. to say something. You'll jinx them. I know we're all like that, unfortunately. One what one thing I'm going to hit on real quick about Sharon Moore. You got to keep in mind, he's your head coach, he's your offensive coordinator, and he's your offensive line coach. So he's wearing three hats all at the same time, and you know he's going into his what will be his his um, fourth career game head coaching the football team. So I, th- I think that weighs a lot on him and was a big reason to the emotions. But I, I, I have to agree with Michelle here. The advantage is, is the big house. Um, it, playing at home, and I know Michigan won last year in Columbus. Um, I, I, <laughs> I equate that to really bad defensive schemes, which Brandon would be the first one to admit uh, that was the worst defensively called game he's ever seen, and you'll never see it again. But I think – being at home has its advantages. And one thing that we did see last year, and it, it is, is, you know, common Jim Harbaugh practice, even though he won't be on the sidelines, I think that playbook's going to open up completely. We saw a lot of things last year. Uh, Mullins with a jump pass at a, just an absolute crucial moment of the game last year to complete a, a third down play. Um, there was just some some plays that we, as Michigan fans, we didn't see all year long. And the thought was we were going to see those game, those plays in that game. So I really feel like this week, the focus is going to be on opening that playbook. The focus is going to be on JJ McCarthy making plays with his leg. Uh, hopefully the, the ankle is his legs better. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, like we were talking pre-show, there was rumors that he had an MRI. There was nothing definitive. He claims he's okay. Uh, he was not mentioned in any of the injuries. So um, I'm going to assume that he's okay, but you know what happens when you assume. But uh, I think the one thing that they did not do last week was utilize JJ's legs. Uh, and that really made them kind of uh, vanilla, one-tiered offense. So uh, I think that's key. And there's a lot more juices flowing when you're at home. Uh, he gets pumped up, and I think this is a game to where you're going to see him open it up a lot. And, you know, let's not forget last year, Donovan Edwards was not impressive at all during the regular season. But somehow with a broken bone in his hand and in a cast on his hand, he decided to go, you know, go crazy. And from what I gather, he's still scoring. So um, I, I think you're going to see a lot, lot of Donovan Edwards coming out of the backfield now. Is Ohio State going to be keen to that? Maybe. But I I think when you have two running backs, that gives you the opportunity. But, again, I'm nervous as hell. This this game scares the crap out of me. Why are you nervous? 
because I did not like the what, what I saw last last week. But then again, you know, Michelle brings up that great point with Illinois. You know, it took one of the greatest field goal kickers in Michigan history to s- save their ass uh, last year. So um, it's kind of um, rinse, repeat, rinse, wash. Just get it out of the, your system. Just burn the game tape. Don't even look at it. So, but uh, this is a game, and I'm going to put a comment on the screen, and 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 you know, we can hit on it when we when mention it with Brandon. But this is a coach in Ryan Day. That's playing for his 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 Ohio State career, in my ooh, opinion. Ooh. Because I think I think the Ohio State fan base, and from what I'm seeing on Twitter, if he loses, uh, they better have protection for him. Isn't Heartline still there? Ready? I mean, they love yeah. Heartline. Yeah. No doubt about so, that. Rich brings up a good point. If if not to steal your thunder, Raj, but no, if I'm... Ryan Day gets canned, do if 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 Michigan wins, does Ryan Day? Uh, lose his job and my point being is you're you're you got a coach that is backed up against the wall and sometimes those those players kind of uh gel with that they they get the, the back of the coach brandon that could, that could be that could be a tough, tough for michigan i agree chain what advantages what do you feel good about going into this game and no jinxes this is a question. I know we're all lame, and we're like, we don't want to change our team. But what do you feel um, about? Where do you guys have the advantage? What I feel good about is, you know, the running game I saw last week. Um, I, I like seeing Travion. I mean, he's in in peak form right now, coming back after the injury. And, you know, McCarthy – or not McCarthy, but McCord – He's been serviceable at best for the most part. But if you look back at the Notre Dame game and that last drive, like you know there's something in there, right? Like he's got that will to win, and he can make those throws. So I I look forward to that, you know, putting in a high-pressure situation that he can be calm and he can make those throws if needed. Hopefully it doesn't come to that, but – Look, this is one of the most evenly matched um, Michigan-Ohio State games I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, exactly. I was about to go through that entire setup there. I wrote that there. exact stat down. I, dude, I've got – every. if you can look at my cheat sheet here, it's it's the the, I the same the exact thing. same thing. So they are so similar in their game. Um Obviously, I test. McCord is, is quite a bit better statistically and, you know, just I test-wise as a quarterback. Um, we've got a better receiving core. Running back, That's we're probably slightly uh, behind them, but uh, defense is great on both sides. I mean, we've, we're both averaging – given up like around nine points a game, like, like that stat showed. So dude, this is going to be a battle and you can throw all these stats out the window because there you're going to see plays. Like Tom said, there's going to be plays that you haven't seen all year. There's going to be formations you haven't seen all year. And I hope to God that Jim Knowles has learned his lesson from last (laughs) year with cover zero 
<laughs> for three and three seventh quarters or three and three quarters. <laughs> it was the worst play calling I've seen. So I was there three and three quarters of a game. Um, would not get out of cover zero. And all Michigan had to do is throw the ball every time. It, it was it. And anyway, don't get me started going down that road. Uh, I am nervous about the game, but um, man, this is this is the game for a reason, and it is going to be awesome. So get your popcorn. Before I get into the the, the matchups, I want to ask Robbie, as two of us who whose teams are not relevant at all, you saw those numbers that uh, we can hate on everybody because that's what we do. But you saw those numbers about the Big Ten, about um, Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan being number one in total yards allowed in defense. Ohio State number two. Um, that that's uh, that's points allowed rather nine and nine point three. I think I had written down nine point two seven. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Nine point two seven. Passing yards, Ohio State is number one at 144.4, Michigan at 144.8, unless – okay, thank you. I wrote it down so I could look cool. But um, anyways, <laughs> Robbie, are these amazing defenses or is the fact that it's the Big Ten and it's like two Snow Whites and eight, nine Dwarves have anything to do with this? Here comes the SEC bias. Well, I mean, I'll, I'm gonna. I agree with that. Now, these are great defensive teams. The players are the players. They all go to the NFL. But you're not exactly talking about the most wide open spread offenses. And you know, the last what four or five x amount of years, one of these teams has hit 40 points. Number one, number two. Look at the bowl game matchups. I mean, these were all top defenses. And I think I wrote it down. You know uh, what? TCU hitting 51 against Michigan. Same year, Georgia 42, Ohio State 41. Year before, Georgia 34, Michigan 11, and Ohio State 48, Utah 45. Um, they were all similar defenses. Is it is it just the homogeny in the Big Ten? Or is it a little bit of this, a little bit of that? Because I, I don't think these are flat-out amazing defense. Michelle's getting so pissed off. That that that, that 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 was a, a great, very condensed question you just asked me. That's what I'm great at. That's why I'm amazing. Uh, um, yeah, no, so two Big things. defense good or not uh, as good? So, so two things can be true, right? So Michigan and Ohio State both have good defenses, great defenses, really. Um, they also play uh, some bad teams. Uh my favorite bet of every week is I won the under. Um, because <laughs> 27 and a half score. this week. Yeah, they just can't score. But no, no, look, I think this game, so those those numbers, they look, look, Ohio State and Michigan, they all have talent. They have NFL talent. There's nothing to knock them about. It's, it's kind of like uh, Gonzaga playing basketball. Like, look, they're in a weak conference or a lesser conference. They're still really good at their sport. And so I think this game is going to come into a very matchup specific thing. Like Michigan's going to let JJ McCarthy do his thing. Ohio State's going to try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. open. And it's going to be who does that better. He was born um, open, although I don't know. I said he was born open. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be, can you stop the other person's strength? And then it's going to be a turnover battle, I think. And then, um, the other thing we talked touched on is Ryan Day coaching for his life, for his job, not his life. Um, 
I don't think yet. I think this immediately puts him on a must win next year in Columbus kind of hot seat situation. Um, but I think he yeah. can survive a, a road loss, even if it's without Harbaugh. This is the last thread, though. If we yeah. lose this game, like, dude, it doesn't matter if you even make it to the net, to the playoffs. If you don't beat Michigan, like, dude, you're done. Like, <laughs> you it's a one game. Is it a one yeah. game season now, Michelle and Tom? If you lose this game but win the championship, is is there a, an asterisk fight in your mind, in your heart? For Ryan Day? No. If Michigan loses to Ohio State, but let's say it's an overtime loss, they somehow they all both of them get in the playoff. Oh. And then Michigan ends up winning the championship, but not facing Ohio State. No, that, Is there I, an asterisk in your heart that no, you won the ring but no, lost no, to the Buckeyes? No, you, you won the championship. That's I don't it. know, dude. Tom is – I'm with Tom here. If, really? I, I don't really know what this is like, but it would kind of mm-hmm. suck because they could always say that, right? Like, yeah, you got the ring, but we beat you. It, it, uh, to me, to me, I lived through – I mean, I want, my dad is a Buckeye. I, I will say this. Born and raised in Ohio. He's a, he's a diehard. So uh, I watched him through the Cooper era. And I watched him just hate life every uh, Saturday, at, at last Saturday in November. And then I've lived through the Trestle Urban era. And uh, this game matters, and it means something. And, and winning two, that's great. We've lost 10 out of the last 13. So um, it, this rivalry matters. And if we lose and, and we go back down that path that we were, you know, the last – you know, 10 years, then, then this isn't a rivalry and that's important. But I mean, obviously winning the count, the, the national championship would be amazing, but I, I just, I think this game, this game matters. And, and to Michigan more, fans, I think right. it matters. Not more than a national championship. Game, no, but, but I think if you lose it and get into the playoffs, which I highly doubt that happens. Yeah. Um, it happens if you're in the sec. Yeah. Well, we're not. Nor are you, Raj. Shut up. I'm a Big Ten. Welcome member. to the Big Ten, buddy. Uh, hey, dude, in the pack. I mean, we deserve that. Uh, two things I want to do quickly. Number one, I want to go down matchups with without Robbie and I, with the three of you. Who has the advantage? And then I'm going to go into X Factor. And what I mean by that, quarterback, running back. So are we ready? Quarterback, who has the advantage? Now I'm going to get Kyle McCord's in playing great. 3,000 yards, 22 TDs, four picks. J.J. McCarthy a little dinged up. Chain, who has the advantage at quarterback, Ohio State or Michigan? Michigan. Michelle. Michigan. I don't have to ask. I, I agree. Running back. Now this is interesting. This is not as much of a giveaway even without Mayan Williams. Travion's been outstanding. Good offensive line coming together. Uh, ladies first, Michelle. Michigan. Not even a question. Tom? I'll say Michigan because they have two uh, no-doubters. But it's close. It's close. It depends on what Donovan shows up, right? Like, and it's not just him, obviously, but uh, it's chain. It's close. Feel free, dude. Take take stock Uh, in your boys. Yeah. I like Ohio State here. I, I, I love their backs. Wide receiver, do I need to even ask? No. Okay. No. That may be the only one. Tight end. 
this is a tough one. I got to say this. Michelle's talking to Tom. I know uh, Loveland is kind of the guy. Loveland, right? But Barner. I really like what I, I – yeah, I liked A.J. Barner, man. What I saw from him, I saw a kid that can do a lot of different Barner's things. Tough. He's real tough. Honestly, I think Michigan's diversity at the tight end position, similar to the running back position, I'm going to have a spicy take and say Michigan. Even though, even though I have a ton of respect for Kate Stover. They do a lot of two tight end set. And I guess the other, what, Ohio State is G. Scott. But, but yeah, two tight ends together, I would say, yeah. But Cade Stover, um, if not for – it was my man, the coach on the field, right? Uh, Sandra Still, how do you pronounce his last name? Yeah, he's the best. Zero. If, he, if he did not tip that ball last year, Cade Stover catches yeah. that in the end zone. Just that I'll guy is that- a legend. But – I'll, what do you I'll say Tom? this about Stover. I, I I think Cade Stover is is probably one of the most underrated players in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, he's big play. And when you need a big catch, he is the guy to go to. And he's got good hands. And he is uh, 100% Ohio State Buckeye player. Born born to be a Buckeye. You hear him talk. He, he, he reminds me of Chris Spielman. He he just has that <laughs> that Buckeyeism in him, and Good um, analogy. Uh, I I I think he's a hell of a player and one that every Michigan defender should be scared of. I, but I since Barner's gotten kind of into the mix, and it's only been the last three four games, it's kind of changed how they handle the tight end situation. So um, again, a lot a lot like the running back situation. I think Ohio State has a has a slight edge, but um, playmaker ability, Colson Loveland has it, uh, and Barner is tough, but Stover is, is man, he's a playmaker and he's a hell of a football player. So I'll give, I'll lot, give, go ahead. No, I, I just told you, I, I saw a lot of fluidity and, and I saw Barner as a guy that's going to be on the scene probably next year and the year after, like a very high yeah. ceiling. Yeah. I and was they, they do that. And that's like Michigan's becoming up. tight end like, you. Man, this guy's nasty too. Like yeah. I said, th- this is one of the most evenly matched um, games I've seen against Ohio State Michigan in a long time. And it's going to come down to quarterback play and offensive line play, in my opinion. And that That's going to be uh, well, turn- well turnovers, next. obviously. But um, Would you take Stover anyway. or Michigan's two? Oh, Stover. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a tough one because this is where – Again, Pete Carroll, when he got to SC's, it's all I got. I'm sorry. You're going to have to hear these things from 20 years ago. Uh, the first thing he did was go OLDL, OL first. These two are just the epitome of those two things. Um, offensive line, Michelle, whose offensive line is better? I know that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, Run block, with- pass block overall. The two-time Joe Moore award-winning, nominated again for a third year, returning Zach Zipper, Trevor Keegan, Newton at center, Michigan. That's one of those when you get an exam back in the day and you just, like, hand it to the press and drop it on, like, that's how I got classes in college because I memorized everything. (laughs) Just spit it out. do we even want to go further? Chain, do we have much in our okay. yeah, uh, yeah, that's a drop the mic moment there. Yeah, dude, that's Ryan game over. over. That's yep, yep, game yep. over. Yep. Uh, defensive line. Now, what the fuck was that guy's name, Tom? Kenneth, Kenneth oh Green. Oh, my 
God. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some dudes, but what he did I in the fourth quarter. I was watching him all game, and when he fucking at three hundred and eighty, whatever the fuck he is, when he tracked down with Singleton or somebody, he, he didn't out. have the angle. He he outran him, and I was like, oh my god, that, that's not human. Yep. You can't yep. what, do that. Well, what that's he did in okay. the fourth quarter, what he I did in the that. last few minutes of the fourth quarter Saturday to uh, Talia, he just, I mean, he. He's he's a machine in the middle, and he, he's and a freak. He, they have to they have to really get him on the field as much as they can. Oh my god, I, I he's got gifts that are you don't sophomore. see. Sophomore, I went. He's a sophomore. That's what I'm saying. He's young, and you can tell. Um, but some guys name drop, I, you know, like Tony Gonzalez back in the day. Like you can just some guys are different, and that motherfucker was different. When I saw him, I was just like, "That's is that on fast like forward when he's moving." Because he's like 360 pounds. Just Justin Pollinger or Pollinger or whatever just shot some fires at Michigan. Now and and let me add, he's Pollington. He's, he's the, this is JP he was on the show last week. He's the biggest Michigan man I know. And Michigan's uh tackles he's, couldn't stop a cold. Is that offensive tackles or defensive yeah. tackles or probably what probably is talking about Carson Barnhart. Barnhart. Oh, okay. that dude who's yeah is he getting benched? Yes. Yes. We've had some injuries there. Ladarius Henderson, I think, has been injured. Then Miles Hinton went out. Hinton's back. He'll be back Saturday. But doesn't I he heard, just I suck? Henderson is back, too. Yeah. But, JP, but I, if you're listening, um, who's replacing Barnhart? Carson Barnhart. Yeah. Who's replacing Carson Barnhart real quick? If you're, if you're, oh, he don't like Hinton either. Everybody sucks. Is Henderson Ooh. back? I heard Henderson could be back. He's he's our um he's our Michigan insider on, on our other podcast so uh, I'm, I'm he's kind of in the know he yeah so he's he's in with Sam Webb and those guys so I'll tell you this I think edge can be a position that can be sort of manipulated if you will meaning that you can get an outside linebacker add weight or whatnot but with Jenkins Rayshon Benny and Kenneth Grant I don't think I've seen a better three interior defense in a long time. I mean, they look like Georgia and Bama from a few years ago. Am I wrong, Chain? Are those guys just fuck me? I mean, those are some mean dudes. I'm sorry. What was the question? I was looking over here on the side. You heard it. Michigan's <laughs> interior defensive line. I was told there's be no. No, way. they're good, man. It's wow, going to be a I was impressed, dude. I'm, I'm unbiased. I was like, damn. All right. Man, you guys I mean, agree? We got a couple up sleeve. We got a couple up sleeves. Oh, no, I know. You know. Taylor's boyfriend called a touchdown tonight. So. Oh, boy. Outstanding. Well, well uh, number but let, So let me go to this. Robbie defensive Taylor. line. I'm going to go interior defensive line, Michigan. I don't think there's any question about that. But what about on the edge? Chain, Michigan, Ohio State. Mm, and if you got Ohio State, there. tell me who. Jack Sawyer, maybe. Oh, you mean a mean white dude that gets 30 sacks? <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing at Ohio State. No, I mean, it's it's close. Like I said, I, I haven't really sat down and looked at stats in a long time. And I, I looked at last year's and this year's. And this is the closest I've seen in, you know, probably five or six years um, on both sides of the ball, like statistically. <laughs> Now, I test, obviously, I think Michigan has a slight edge in quarterback play. Um, 
Running backs to toss up, like I said, defense is it's good. So, I mean, you look at total uh, passing yards given up, 144, 144 per game each team. But a lot of the same stats. I'm talking about a lot of the same stats. No, I know. I know. Sorry. I'm, I digress. I all right, let's just skip past all that. How about the X factor? Ohio State wins this game. Why? Obvious reason and not a subtle reason that, that people didn't expect. Why um, does Ohio State win this game? Ohio I'm not going to lie, dude. You don't look very confident. Not like these two. No, I, I am. I think it, I think it comes down um, – I think they're going to try and take away Harrison, and I think Mbuka is really going to show up here. Um, I think Travion is going to show up on the ground when needed. He's going to have some big chunk plays. And then I think you're going to see Stover, when we get in the red zone, you know, all eyes on Marvin. I think I think you're going to see Stover um, maybe catch a score. So this, it's going to be tricky. It's not going to be what you've seen out of Ohio State – Typical trying to get uh, Harrison the ball. It, it's going to be – the gloves are off here. <laughs> like, th- this is the game. I'm telling you, dude. It's going to be so I would expect fun. nothing less from JP. I would – uh, for me personally, if Harbaugh coaches this game, I, I don't think it's much of a game. I'm sorry to say that, Shane. That's just my opinion. No, it's all – I wish he was there because I don't want that to be an excuse after we win, so – I don't want to get there yet because I'm sorry. I didn't want to get a score. I just, you know me. I like to interrupt. And yeah. How about you too? I'm going to start with Tom and be not a gentleman. Tom, what is the X factor and what's the obvious fact? Michigan wins. Why? Michigan wins because I think they put a lot of pressure on McCord and forces him to make mistakes. And Brandon mentioned something that's, you know, I, I agree with. I think this this comes down to turnovers. And I'll give you a guy who came up big last week in the fourth quarter, and that is Mikey Sanderstill, who made the the one of the plays of the game last year on Cade Stover. Um, I think he benefits from uh, a, a pretty stiff Michigan pass rush, forcing McCord to kind of make some mistakes. It may be a pick six. I don't know. Um, but I think it comes down to who makes the less mistakes. And I, I don't think McCord's as mobile as Tunga Viola last week. I think that was one of the things that kind of skipped, slipped up Michigan's defense. But uh, one mistake in this game, that's all it could take. So I mm-hmm. think the experience in the secondary um, – Will Johnson didn't play his best game last week. I I, I think he fixes that. Um, and yeah, I, I I agree, Brandon. I think Abuka, who is he's a hell of a receiver. Uh, I think he could be a factor. But I think the 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 depth and experience at secondary with a pass rush um, on McCord could be the X factor in Michigan winning. You guys have anything else you want to add before we get down to scores? Um, I've got a couple. Please, knock it out. Yeah. So one is we saw this last year in the Ohio State-Michigan game. 
is that Ohio State was incredibly undisciplined. And that pattern has continued statistically into the season. Michigan is the least penalized team in college football right now. And Ohio State is in the bottom half of teams and in big games. I mean, G. Scott came up earlier, right? We saw him headbutt somebody. It took away great field position from Ohio State and really cost them. And in an environment like this where emotions are running super high, discipline is extremely important. Every yard. You cannot, great teams don't do that shit. Do that. And I think teams who can keep it together and stay focused and stay disciplined have an advantage. And if I were an Ohio State fan, I would be concerned that Ohio State has not had a great track record thus far this season. And their mental game is about to be tested to the greatest extent possible on Saturday. So I think that's one factor that not a lot of people are thinking about. The other thing I think that's going to be really important is pressure on the quarterback. Penn State had a great pass rush. McCord was only able to put up 20 in that game. 20 is not going to beat Michigan. And Michigan has a great pass rush as well. Um, a lot of people talked about, you know, J.J. McCarthy struggling a little bit against Penn State and Maryland. Both of them have way, way, way more sacks than Ohio State has thus far this season. I don't think Ohio State is going to be able to apply the same degree of pressure that Penn State or, frankly, even Maryland applied. I think J.J. is going to have a little bit more freedom. And as other people pointed out, I think Michigan has quite a bit up their sleeve that they have not yet put on tape for good reason. Um, I think we see them open the playbook. And I think the combination of those factors makes me pretty confident, not overly confident, but fairly confident that Michigan has a lot of advantages. Now, I agree with you, but not as much in numbers, but, you know, Ohio State is number one in the country in pass yards per game allowed. Michigan is a, what, four-tenths of a point behind that. But, um, you, you know, if I were going to pick one player overall, uh, it would be JTT. I mean, yeah. what he can do now. Can you pronounce his name for us? Yeah, uh, as a Southern California guy who's a big big <laughs> fan of the Polynesian uh, culture and lifestyle and community, uh, Tui Molawa. Tui Molawa. Yeah, you put me on the spot. When I'm in California, I should be able to pronounce that. When I'm in Tennessee, I'm just like that one guy with a lot of vowels in it. <laughs> but no, um, Brandon, quickly, JTT, why has he not had the season that many people looks, thought he would have? It's a good question. Um, I think a lot of it's been situational. And I think... I think this is a spotlight for him in this game. I think focusing on the run here, um, hopefully not like last year with zero coverage, but a little better. I, I, I think he'll he'll show up here. Look, Jim Knowles has, has started to get better game in and game out, and I think he's learned from his, his mistakes last year with this game, and, and I look forward to – seeing what he can do defensively. Um, you know, like I said, we, we've held teams to nine points a game on average, and it's um, one of the best in the country. Michigan's right there with us. Similar stats. So uh, 
it's going to be a dogfight in the trenches. And I think that's where a lot of the game's going to be won. Um, like Tom said, maybe a turnover here or there is going to be huge in the game, but it's going to be down in the trenches for the most part. I mean, we knew we were going to run long because this is the game, and even I didn't realize how wrapped up I would get into this game. But as a Big Ten member, I guess I'm excused. But no, man, I mean, I don't know why I'm more jazzed about this one than others. Personally, it's because there's so much unknown, even though they run similar offenses. And on both sides, they're so similar. But, I mean, Ohio State, I don't know on defense. They could – they have so much talent that they could go off. You know, Eichenberg and JTT and Sawyer um, and that other uh, defense, uh, Williams. Michigan, same thing, man. I just – I don't know what's going to happen. And I think a big difference maker personally before we get into this is – I think Tom said it. McCord is like a tree in the pocket with roots planted firmly into the earth. The guy does not move. He takes sacks. McCarthy is not that way as long as he's healthy. And I think that's going to be a big difference maker because Michigan is going to throw everything they can at them. That being said, not having Harbaugh and their linebacker coach, to me, is a bigger deal than people think. But let's go around the horn. And it's pick time. I'm going to let the Ohio State guy go last. Ladies are first. So, Rob, go ahead. Boom, boom. Hey, I'll just say this. I've, I've had to go get my second laptop battery to, <laughs> to, to, to even survive the show. So, for everyone that's still listening, I really do appreciate you guys. Don't be self-deprecating. This is the biggest um, game of the year by far. You're just yeah, no, mad it's not no, the no. SEC. Hey. hey, some could call it from lack of outlet control. I guess that's that's how I would phrase it. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> Michigan 27, Ohio State 23. So what's the spread right now? Three and a half? Three and a half. That's going to be our bet you're nuts, so I guess – Oh, we're, we're jumping No, we'll, we'll start with that. We're going straight into that, as Michelle knows. I don't know if she was here for Bet Your Nuts. No. It, no, it I, is never, I never chauvinistic had and Chauvinistic, and I apologize. But, <laughs> yeah, that's when we go down picks, pros, in college. We pick six games. If, if you want to stick around for it, it's quick. But one of them yeah. is usually, yeah, we stick with our shitty teams like USC and Tennessee, but who gives a shit? The biggest game is – Ohio State and Michigan. So, Rob, you are saying Ohio, uh, Michigan 27, Ohio State 23, and that is taking Michigan minus three and a half. Good All right. Miss Michelle. Michigan 30, Ohio State 20. Mm. I like it. Ten-point margin of victory. Remember, I do caution everyone that someone has hit 40 points, what, four years in a row, Tom? Something like that? Mm, yes, I believe so. Ohio State put up oh, 60 no. in 2019. So, uh. Oh, shit. Um, I Googled it. I think earlier it was 37 degrees, partly cloudy, I believe is what I saw. Weather shouldn't no be a factor. But that's meteorologist, so, and that's like five days away. So... 
Is that right, Michelle? I thought that's what I saw. I heard snow in Ann Arbor again. Oh, I went to weather.com and they don't know shit. So, all right. That would affect. Well, now it says 37 and sunny. Yeah. 39 so, and cloudy, according to uh, right. local four. Uh, Doesn't change my pick. I'm going 30 Michigan, 20 Ohio State. I love it. Tom? Uh, I will take Michigan 34, Ohio State 28. I think uh, I think this game's going to put some points on the board. I really do. All bets are off. Why is that? Turnovers? Because I, I don't see a lot of play. Make, I mean, I, I see running just, games. The the playbooks are open. This is this is the season. This is the all the marbles, everything. And both coaches are going to lay it on the line. I think Ryan Day is going to lay it on the line. I think uh, Harbaugh's going to have them ready because he's going to be with the team up until Saturday morning. So uh, they're going to play. This means everything for him. So I think that's going to pump up both teams. So I, I, I just – both the last two games have been high scoring. I, I don't see any reason to think that this game won't be the same. I uh, – I- I convinced myself I thought it was going to be low scoring and ugly running the ball, but I am going Michigan 40 because somebody's got to hit 40. Ohio State 31. Wow. Last, Brandon Chain. I got 37-35 Ohio State. Yes, I love it. And and that will pose the most crazy scenario when it comes down to the – College football playoff ranking. A two-point game? Oof. Headache. Headache. Provide an opportunity to see who gets in. Um, Absolutely. Tom, what do you think? Should we go straight into bet your nuts? and? Yep, let's do that real quick. we've covered uh, this amazing game. Yep, we're going to start bet your nuts. Michelle, right Tom's now. got a sweet interlude in the graphic. It's pretty dope. <laughs> it's time for... Bet your nuts. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Did you like our bet your nuts graphic, Michelle? I loved it. It was inspiring. <laughs> that is the aim. Yeah, <laughs> we inspire folks to lose money. That is our goal. We're going to go right into it. Yes. First game. Old Miss, Mississippi State. What is it? The Egg Bowl? I can't remember what they call this thing. What uh, is the Egg Bowl? Thursday night. Thursday night. Thanksgiving night. Old Miss is an 11-point favorite. Michelle. Old Miss. We- Seven yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to do uh, scores. We'll just you know, do that. No, yeah, this is a revenge game. Mississippi State's down bad. Ole Miss is rolling. Mississippi State sucks, don't they? Badly. I'm going okay. Ole Miss as well. Tom, I'll take Ole Miss. Chain, Ole Miss. Oh, you guys are all dumb dumbs. This is a rivalry game <laughs> at Starkville, Stark Vegas. Get the get the cowbells rolling. Uh, this is a t- typical Lane Kiffin choke game. Give me the Bulldogs. 
Why? Yeah. Aside from the cowbells, which are the worst thing ever invented. Because uh, Tennessee fans have some animosity towards Lane Kiffin. So. No, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's know. when they dump no, him at the altar. Do. Tennessee fans do. I do not. I do not care one way or the other about Lane Kiffin. I'm just saying this is the game he lays down, and this is the uh, interim coach's last game at Mississippi State. There's going to be some uh, energy – there, neither team has much to play for. Mississippi State wins. Wins, not covers. Wins. wins. Oh, they yeah. won the last year. They won last year, but they, they can't do it again. Are we going yeah. money line here then? Oh, yeah, I'm going money line. Damn. Wow. wow. Put your money where your mouth is. That is I mean, reckless. It's, nuts, it's never right? a problem with you that you're not. Well, you got married, so that happened a long time ago. Sorry. Oregon State, Oregon. The Ducks are two touchdown favorites at home. Side note, this is an 8.30 p.m. game. This is the only thing the freaking Pac-12 gets right. Why is Michigan, Ohio State at noon? That's the dumbest shit ever. Both, uh, fam- totally both, both schools want it that way. I hate it. The fans don't. The, I don't. I don't like it. I hate it. It's not like those places at night. I mean, it's pathetic. But anyways. Oregon State, Oregon. Let's start with Brandon Chain. Uh, this seems a little like a trap game. You know, Oregon State close to Washington last week. Uh, Washington did beat Oregon. So, with that being said, throw all that shit out the window. Give me Oregon all day. Oregon's got this. They are rolling right now. Give me Oregon. Tom. Uh to me, the the spread here is really high. I get it that it's uh, in Eugene, uh, but I like Oregon State's running game, so I think it'll keep it close. That'll that'll kind of open up some op- opportunities opportunities for DJ U. I'm not pronouncing his last name, uh, so I like Oregon State to cover here. Oregon's gonna win, but I like Oregon State to cover. Exact same for me, Michelle. Same for me. Although this would be my upset of rivalry, rivalry week if there is one. So let's, fuck it, Oregon State money line. Hey, tell, <laughs> tell, tell, tell Justin, Justin, Justin I'll send you my cell phone number after money this. Line. We, we can we can talk. Money line, Michelle. Rob, money line, MSU. Um, on this one, Robbie. On this one, I'm with you guys. I think Oregon at home, they're, man, they may be the best team in the country. Uh, I think it's close, and Oregon pulls away late to cover. Speaking of – you said Oregon covers. Yes. So, speaking of Oregon and their, quote, Heisman candidate is four-yard dump-offs that turn into 60-yard TDs. Bo Nix and his former team – the Auburn Tigers are hosting Alabama. Now, Auburn had won three in a row against bad teams, and they just got their ass kicked by the New Mexico State University. Can somebody other than Michelle or Tom tell me their team name? Rob, Shane? I know their coaches. New Mexico's team? Oh, New Mexico State's team? Cowboys? I think they're the Aggies. Am I wrong? Who's their coach, Tom? 
Jerry Kill, former Minnesota Golden Gopher. Yeah, he almost. Oh, he's killed. the one that had a heart attack on the, the side. Guy almost line. killed yeah. himself. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, sorry, yes. I shouldn't say yeah. that. That's terrible. But, anyways, 14 and a half. Oh, this is a weird one. I think this was a game that. New Mexico is the Lobos. New Mexico basketball, by the way, oh, has Eddie House's oh. kid and Jamal Mashburn's kid on their team. Yes, they're the Aggies. New Mexico is the Lobos. But oh. I think this game was a, a trap game up until last week when Auburn just looked like dog shit. Alabama minus 14 and a half. I'll get it out of the way, Bama. Uh, let's go with Michelle. Bama. Rob. Alabama. Chain. This is easy. Bama. Tom? Yep. Auburn, uh, the former Michigan State quarterback, Peyton Thorne. Boy, that Big stinker. Bad. Big stinker. They, they hadn't won three in a row, but it was against like Arkansas, Mississippi State, Rob's favorite team, and a few others. Um, I, I was keen on them until last week where they just – uh, next, um, just more games that used to be so awesome, but now are just kind of sad, like, you know, just skip overs. But Florida State, Sands, Jordan, Travis at home, minus six and a half. Vegas being Vegas. Rob, starting with you. Gators money line. <gasps> money line. That's wow. an Gators have been, the they've been tricky. They've been in a lot of games. They've lost some high swing. This team scores more than you think they would score, how bad they are, but they're going to win this game. Michelle, we also encourage side bets, by the way. Usually that involves Robbie wasting his money and paying us. Um, JP JP agrees with you there, Robbie. Oh, hey, Michelle, if you want to side bet, we can side bet. Yeah, we'll we'll throw our Venmos uh, out later after the show. There's a reason why I have poor lighting on my screen right now, because I can't afford lighting because I lose all these side bets. Yeah, I'm coming for you on this one. Funny thing is, though, like uh, I'm saying real quick, Oregon transfer Trey Benson is Florida State's best player now, other than the receiver Wilson. Uh, 740 yards, 11 TDs, 119 carries. And Graham Mertz, quietly, 20 TDs and three picks. Uh, wow. He's, he's hurt. Graham Mertz is hurt. Did he get hurt? He sure did. I think oh, he broke shit. the collarbone. So you might want to rethink that money uh, line bet. Oh, <laughs> make it, I'm in. Uh, I would take Florida State even with a, a larger spread. They've got something to prove. They're trying to make the playoffs. Right. They know the odds are stacked against them. I take him. Right, I take him side line. Bet. I'll what? take the point. All right. Interesting side bet, Tom. You're the official uh, documentarian of side bets. Uh, <laughs> how much? We, how much are we going for? You can put it in the chat comments. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can internet internet measure. You know well, what? We'll, we'll connect offline. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Tate Rodemaker. Yes. Some Ohio State player tried to, or not a player, some Ohio State fan tried to bet me feet picks on the game. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I, oh, welcome to Twitter okay. and being a yeah, yeah. young lady. Hey, don't judge us by our worst Take my money. Some other kind of, kind of you curse. just judge the gender. Don't judge Ohio State. Um, 
Twitter. Anyways, Rodemaker, by the way, 376 yards, five TDs, no picks. Does that matter? Who am I up to? Wait, Michelle had uh, Florida State, correct? Hell yeah. Rob has Moneyline, Florida. Tom. I think I think Florida covers. Florida State wins, but Florida's going to cover. Exact same for me. Same. Last for me. one, Brandon Chain. Yep, exact same. I'm the only one on Florida State, huh? All right, let's go. Oh, you're going to get hour. Rob's money for free, so don't worry about that one. Um, Arizona, Arizona State. It turns out my Trojans' best win of the year was a game I was at Dodger Stadium. We were getting our ass kicked in the playoffs by the Diamondbacks, so I went to the Coliseum. SC was up 40-something to, like, 14. The final was 43-42. I did not think that would be our best win of the year, but it was. Arizona is an 11-point favorite at Arizona State, who somehow beat UCLA, really without a quarterback who just beat my SC team. Welcome to Pac-12 life. Thank God we are dissolving. Tom. Does Arizona State cover that what? 11 or 11 and a half? It's, it's 11. 11. Uh, not only do they cover, I think they win by three touchdowns. Uh, this Whoa. this team's rolling. They've won four in a row. Jed Fish has absolutely turned that program around. I love it. Uh, must see TV. Yeah, big, big time. They'll be a very pro Arizona crowd, even though it's in Arizona State. So give me. The Wildcats. Something tells me if you have a dog, another dog again, like your 18th, it would be named Jed Fish. Um, <laughs> you love that dude. Uh, Michelle. I don't know. Arizona State has been scrappy. They've created problems for a lot of people this season. 11 is just too big of a spread for me. I don't think, I think Arizona gets the win, but I think Arizona State keeps it close. Totally agree. I don't think... Arizona knows what it's like to be an 11-point favorite and have the target on their back. I think they win, but I think ASU manages to cover. Shane. Got to side with Tom here. I think Arizona covers this. Maybe not by three touchdowns, but um, I could see a 14-point win here. Excellent. Robert? Um, I'm not sure I've got an Arizona or Arizona State game Either of them, all season right. So I've got to. Twelve after dark. Yeah, this has been tough for me. Um, if I have to go between Tucson and Tempe, I'm going Tempe all day, giving the Sun Devils just because I love Tempe, Arizona. So another place that. with mad voodoo. You know that, especially at night. Oh, oh are you yeah. going money line? Is Arizona State winning this outright? No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll tell. Uh, they'll get crazy. Yeah. Last, last time I was in last time I was in Tempe, uh, I flew out to from Vegas to to Phoenix for Is this a PG show, bro. Of all, so I was in Vegas for a weekend. Flew out to Phoenix for the Vols Gonzaga game, nine a.m. or tip. Tip. I was at, it went to Tempe. I was like dozing off at the bar at probably 10 p.m. or whatever, and the bartender or the bouncer was like, "You gotta go," and I was like, 
Thank you. Someone's got to tell me that. Yes, I do have to go. Yes, I'm out of here. This has been a lot of fun, and I love that we get into everything. And, Michelle, this was a fun night, but this is when we usually derail around this mark as Robbie just gave us another kicked out of the bar story. Um, this one's not as interesting as the usual ones. But um, that being said, since we're at the two-hour mark, fuck it. I'm going to ask this. The playoff, the final four teams, I'm putting everybody on the spot. What four teams are in the playoff? And I'm going to go with, well, let's get Rob out of the way. Are you ready? Uh, Georgia. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Let me preface this. You guys are going to hate this. Oh, Georgia, Alabama, mm. Michigan, and Washington. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I agree entirely with that. Oh, yes. Although Oregon may have something to say about it, but I fucking hate them. So I agree 100%. I think Bama sneaks in. Chain. I've got Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, and Oregon. Love it. I love it. Tom? Ah, this is so tricky because I hey, don't want to put two, this isn't two SEC teams thing. in. I know they're how you guys are about you know, you know it, Tom. You God, know they're getting in. This is just in. for you know fun. I'm Indian, so karma is part of me. I'm the authoritative voice on this. This does not count towards karma. You will not jinx yourself. I got Michigan. Michigan going to win the Big Ten, I think. Mm -hmm. Oregon wins the Pac-12. Texas is going to get in with the Big 12. Oh, and do they put a two-loss Alabama? Well, you said Michigan, Oregon, uh, Texas. Oregon, Texas. Well, no, so no, that would mean, no, I'm sorry. I'm that would mean Georgia. Georgia would lose the SEC Georgia. championship. And I'm going Georgia. I'm sorry. So I'm going to okay. go Georgia, Georgia number one, Michigan number two, Oregon three, Texas four. And it's going to get better. Michelle. I think it's going to be a clean playoff picture. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. Wow. Chalk. Now Florida yeah, State has chalk there, huh? two I games remaining. Wait. I can't correct? wait for our side bet, Michelle. I can't wait. So we Florida State would play – Florida, and then they would play in the ACC championship against Louisville in what in Charlotte? Where is that game? Anyone? Yeah, it's in Charlotte. I think it's, yeah, it's maybe. Although, if I had to, if now I'm reconsidering Washington, and I, I kind of want to seven Oregon, but I had Washington early, early in the season. Stick with and it. I trust my football intuition; it's generally strong. I trust yours as well. Stick I'm with it. You guys, it's going to be Alabama, Alabama, right. Georgia getting in. Real quick before we get into final words, and I'm not going to say anything, so we'll be quick with that too. National champion, you're not held to this. This is just right now, off the cuff. Michelle, you went last, so you get to go first. National champion, UGA, Michigan, Washington, or Florida State? Michigan. Yeah. Tom, Michigan, oh. Oregon, Texas, UGA. Uh, it pains me to say this, but I think Georgia's hot. They're rolling. Respect. Chain. Georgia, Ohio State, Texas, Oregon. 
Georgia's hot, but we have a little revenge from last year. Marvin Harrison will not get injured, and we will beat Georgia in the national championship. I thought you were going to call a targeting. (laughs) Rob, Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Washington. God damn it. I think Alabama's going to win it again. I was in verbatim. I'm thinking, God damn it. I think Alabama's (laughs) going to find a way. All right. That's our show. Anybody have final words? We went pretty long. I just, I mean, I can't wait for this one, man. This is, I mean, this is a crapshoot. I just, I don't know what's going to happen, where and why. The funny thing is one argument make for one team winning, you can make the same exact argument for the other team winning. So I don't really know. I know it's going to be someone like, like Mikey S one of those smart players coming up with one of those magical plays. The question is, which team has more of those plays, Ohio State or Michigan? Anyone have anything else to add? Go blue. I feel I feel like it's going to be, you know, one of those games. Michigan's probably the favorite that everyone's picking, especially Michigan fans. And it's going to be like last year where we thought we were the favorite. We should have won the game, blah, blah, blah. We're going to surprise the people, so. You were favored the last two years, and you got your asses handed to you in a hand. We were, but as an eye test, um, Michigan has looked better overall as a whole this year. Consistently, to remind everyone, every one of us picked Michigan minus three and a half, except Brandon Chain, who had a thirty-seven thirty-five score, I believe. I wrote it down. Um, So this is going to be a good one. Fuck you, Fox and NCAA for putting it at noon. That's 9 o'clock oh, West Coast so time, stupid. which I have a red eye Friday night, so I'm going to land in Chattanooga at like 8.30. So my, I'm excited about that. My, my final thoughts are, everyone, it's feast week. This is the great weekend of college basketball, so <laughs> turn on the channel and watch college basketball. It's so good this week. So Cut many his great mic. matchups. Oh, I, I took off work at two o'clock today to to watch UT play. Hey, I, I'm not, with you, dude. But like, let's do it after. Uh, we're not there yet. That's the game of the no, year. No, we're, we're not there yet. Yeah. Any I last words? That this is a good college basketball week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's it, that's it, so it, Robbie. That is so Robbie. That is so Robbie. That this is, is so where great. our dreams yeah. lie. What a great college basketball week we're having. It's rivalry week in football. Somewhere else. It's like, oh, let's turn to college basketball. All right. It's going to be great. Michelle, Michelle, I'm like I'm like the token soccer guy in the group chat. Oh. College <laughs> basketball. Michelle, this is the two-hour point, and the rest of America knows where everyone but Tom derails. So on that note, for myself, Brandon Chain of the Ohio State Buckeye Nation, Robert Davis of College Basketball's Maui Invitational. (laughs) Myself, Tom Sloan, and Michelle. Go Blue versus Go Buckeyes. We'll see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Hey, go Vols, Maui Invitational. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation.